0: On this evening, we celebrate hometown victories and championships won. For there are no weeks off on this edition of Motorsport 101. I, I, I see
1: what he did there. I see what he did there indeed. Welcome back, Episode 281, everybody. I'm your host, Ray Harrison. And welcome back to Motorsport 101. And... Uh, we totally didn't take a week off. Honestly, no, never. It just looks that way by the time we've edited it all together. We didn't have King on a hamster wheel for nothing furiously editing all these episodes. Isn't that right, King?
2: Yes, I am. I'm slowly <laughs> losing my mind one day at a time. <laughs> Aren't we all you in still today's had it.
1: climate? <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, say, aren't we all the way 2020's going right now? Like, you're not alone on this one, King. Like, honestly. Like, (laughs) we're all all just struggling through. Uh, Welcome to December, as we record this, by the way. Because, uh, God, i was like to call it March the 10th. So, uh, good luck, everybody. Um, RJ, hello, son. How you doing?
0: Yeah, I think King was busy, you know, just having to make shops at this wonderful uh, New York exclusive uh, phenomenon known as... Checks, notes, convenience stores.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh Lord, <laughs> must be a Northeast thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it just never must be them. a
0: New York City thing. You know, ne- <laughs> you would never be able to just buy assorted items like toilet paper and M and M's anywhere else in the world in one store.
2: But but can can <laughs> you can you also pet cats at the store? Okay,
0: yeah, you, you make a good argument. <laughs> Cam, do you have See, pets draw, uh, at your store?
3: Uh, I I have pets uh, at my house. I don't have them at my store. Uh, our, our wonderful listeners have probably heard them many a time.
2: <clears throat> yeah.
1: Well, actually, no, we haven't because we edited them out in post-production. <laughs> Lucky us. No wonder King's Damn. been losing his mind so much that in recent weeks. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, been yeah, editing out... Listen.
3: He has to listen to a German Shepherd and umbrella cockatoo in the background. Good yeah, he's just,
1: he, he's just he's just he's just gotta, he's just got to he's just got to just keep editing out like dog and parrot. It's uh, it's it's a great sound, but we, we got
3: Where were you when in this morning of us thinking, oh, we should uh, we should record today? I mean, it's not like there's going to be a whole lot of news in the motorsport world. <laughs> Suddenly. Everything happened. So oh, much boy.
0: happened that we're having to split this week's shows into two shows.
3: Nothing so what like are we waking up today? to hmm. no, nothing like waking up to an ESPN report that Lewis Hamilton has the vid.
2: <laughs> we'll get to that La later. Runa.
1: We'll oh, we'll God. get to that. Like if anything, you probably have already heard about it by the time this goes out because we'll be doing that episode live on the Motorsport One Hundred and One YouTube channel. In front of everybody. Although by the time this one goes up, it's probably already happened, which totally yeah. isn't confusing to say. But we'll figure it out anyway.
2: Yeah.
1: Follow us on social Hello. media and all that. Um, and all that, and all that good stuff. I'll get to Hi, that in the meantime. Yes. It, um, episode two eighty one. Shut up! Shut up! Uh, episode two eighty one will be all about Moto GP season finale in Portimao, rounding off what's been well, one of the craziest motorsporting seasons you could ever possibly imagine. And we had a couple uh, last-minute stings in the tail um, to wrap up two world championships and a homecoming um, for Miguel. Oh my god, I didn't realize how big a celebrity he actually is in Portugal, Oliveira. Um, (laughs) More on that later, but uh, we got a a whole heap of stuff to get through, some era-defining stuff, some transfer news, all that good stuff in the next 40 minutes or so. In the meantime, basically you can find this, we're on youtube.com of course, forward slash motorsport101 if you're watching us on there, hi, if you're not, um, subscribe over there, hit the bell, and anyway get notifications when our next videos are up, um, we're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101, we're on twitter at motorsport underscore 101, and our personal handles are on the screen if you're watching us on YouTube, if you're not, um, they're at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King, um, and at C Buckley 917 so that's fun um you you can follow us as well on our website motorsport101.com and if you really like us you can back us financially on patreon patreon.com forward slash motorsport101 five dollars gets you early access to all of our audio shows ten bucks to upgrade to the video version and get access to the supporters club of our discord server where you can listen to these episodes live as they're being recorded so Without further ado, uh, let's get in to the Portuguese Grand Prix at Portimao. Mau. So, MotoGP's season finale, and in a shocking turn of events, Miguel Oliveira was channeled by all zero home fans in attendance. Yes, sudden uprising COVID cases, unfortunately. Last minute, fans were not allowed to show up for this one. Sad face. He brought home his first Murdo GP pole position right at the end of Q2 ahead of Frankie Morbidelli and Jack Miller on the front row. The other big story, brand new world champion Johan Mir stuck down in 20th as the blue brand struggled in their bid for the Triple Crown. The race got underway and Miguel Oliveira took out and immediately started some super fast lap times to break off a two second lead, meanwhile Johan Mir aggressively passed and may or may not have accidentally popped out Francisco Banyar's collarbone on the third corner of the race. Uh, Sadly, the latter ended up retiring at the end of the first lap with a mechanical problem anyway. Don't worry, kids. He's fine. I promise. Um, The race itself was a remarkably calm affair at the front, with Miggy increasing his lead to four seconds, Morbidelli and Miller resuming where they left off at Valencia, and then an almighty scrap in the third group between... And this is a list that that doesn't uh, is not just exclusive to, but also includes both LCRs, yes, including Cal Crutchlow, both Aspargaro brothers, yes, including the one on the Aprilia, both Repsol Hondas. Johan Zarco, and surprisingly, all the other Yamahas for the minor points. <laughs> Johan Mir had to retire with 10 laps to go due to an electrical problem, and Alex Rins struggling on Portimao's undulating layouts and bumps led to a 15th place finish, gifting the manufacturer's title away at the final round. Miggy would win comfortably with a grand slam. Pole win, fastest lap, and led every lap over the line. His second win of 2020. Jack Miller took some revenge over Frankie to get second in his final race for Pramac. But not only that, it also confirmed Ducati as manufacturer's champions. Their first title in MotoGP in 13 years. Frankie took third to take the championship runner up spot. Andrea De Vizioso finished 6th in what might be his final MotoGP race, and Cal Crutchlow dropped to 13th after some errors in the end of what will probably be his final MotoGP race. Um, also, I, I unfortunately in my script, in my haste, forgot to mention Tito Rabat, who sadly was the last bike over the line by 1,000th of a second over Mika Kallio. When it rains, it pours. Bad luck, Tito. Now... I'll get that out of the way. The final championship standings for the year. Johan Mir with 171 points. Uh, Morbidetti with 158 in second. Rins on 139. Doffy beat polar Espagaro on countback. They both had 135. Maverick beat Miller on countback. Both on 132. Fabio Quaderaro had 127. Oliveira ninth on 125 after that last minute win. Takanakagami 116 in the top ten. Binder was the rookie of the year in the end in the 11th with 87 points. Woo, King, come on, is <laughs> it something? You got rookie of the year. I mean, there was only two competitors, but you know it counts, right? It's something. Petric 12th on 78. Then Johan Zarko on 77. Alex Marquez 74. Valentino Rossi on 66, Banny on 47, Alexis Bagger on 42, Crutchlow on 32, Stefan Bradl on 27. Yes, he finished seventh in this last race. Don't ask me how. I got a Quona um, with 27, Bradley Smith with 12, Tito Rabat with 20, and Michele Pirro, the world's fastest policeman. Whoop whoop, was the last of the point scorers with four. It's still really strange to see Mark Marquez's name, second from the bottom of the championship, with no finished races to his name. But that's barely scratching the surface of an absolutely wild 2020. I
0: didn't want it to end!
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, this... (sighs) All good things must come to an end. Speaking of good things...
1: I mean I have to say like 14 races in 18 weeks it all just went so fast and I don't envy anyone that was part of the traveling circus all year long a lot of triple headers a lot of crams a lot of crunch a lot of sleepless nights a lot of um, a lot of uh, busted asses, to say the least I know one of our own one of our own Lewis was on the social media team all year long. A salute to our pal Lewis as always. I know he I know how hard yeah, he's of good had work to work. This year fantastic work, uh, we're, we're, we're all really proud of him, he's, even though he's a total degenerate, but we, we, we love him anyway, uh, so salute to all those guys and everyone that was able to put this year together I know Carmelo Esperanto got a stand innovation from the IRTA before the last race even started um, social distancing be damned and all of that, they <laughs> were all right on top of each other wearing masks, but they clapped him anyway, way to go daughter. Um <laughs> that protocol holding up all the way to the very end but we gotta talk a little bit about Miguel Oliveira My word yeah. the
3: what, what <laughs> is, What's the uh, What's the level beyond Omega beat him down Whatever it is um, That's what he did He started ultra. He got ultra instinct beat him down He got the lead nah, He was never was... headed He rode away
0: Simple as that? Really? Yeah. God, There's Lord. nothing else to say. I, I will say,
3: uh, track. he certainly didn't stop trying. He had the ass end of that bike hanging out pretty much every corner all race.
1: It, it wouldn't be Miggy if it wasn't that he's always he did that in Moto two all the time like him and Binder were the were the tail slide brothers, but yeah it, it, I, I don't exaggerate this was a Grand Slam victory uh, and we know we love counting them in F one not so much in Moto GP but uh, it was pole the win the fastest lap of the race and he led every single lap going over the line one by three point one seconds it could have easily been a whole lot more if he wanted to but he he was he was dialing it down towards the end. Pfft. I didn't even realize as well just how big a deal this is for the sport because, like, I have a couple of friends from Portugal and there's one sporting name that obviously stands out above, above all others in the country and that's clearly Bernardo Silva, the Man City midfielder. Um, <laughs> and some some footballer called Cristiano. Apparently he's quite big over there. Like, yeah, Herdy, I didn't uh, even... heard he was quite good. Mm, mm, d- yeah, d- just, decent footballer. <laughs> decent just a little bit. I mean, he's,
0: uh, no, he's no Eusebio.
1: But no, close, he's close. He's close. Uh, But but I didn't even realise Miguel Oliveira was travelling with armed security back and forth from the track all three days. He is a big, big deal in Portugal. I did not realise just how much a big deal he is because... I was just told, look, Portugal, we ain't got that many Sporting Stars, so when we do have them, we put them on a plinth in our our country. And Miguel is royalty back home in Portugal, and he got a home Grand Prix win, and the only gutting thing about it was that there was no fans there to cheer him on directly, because like I said, they had a sudden spike of COVID cases right around the time... Formula One race there about a month prior.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, the in between they had to announce that look, like, public events are a no go, so there was no fans in the house. It's a real shame for Miggy on that one. Um that he didn't get any fans to see. I don't it, know, but, he uh, might be thankful. He would have got mobbed after
3: that performance. Oh lord. Yeah, I was about to oh, say lord. that
0: was gonna be a mad scene. Like He's, it was it <laughs> would, rep- like, it would be
2: like Like,
0: <laughs> like
1: Valentino <laughs> winning at Misano. Yeah, they will the, be crowd surfing all, like, all the way through yeah. the back, like one of those concerts. It's like it's like when Chip tried to crowd surf and everyone just braced themselves for impact. It's just <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, also, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I didn't mention this in the script, but I feel like I have to mention it. Did everybody see the beef between Jorge Lorenzo and Cal Crutchlow?
0: Oh yes. my goodness, that was that oh. was wonderful. Let's get you know, into it. We are we at
3: Motorsport One Hundred One are big fans of fresh beef
1: fresh beef made when like, you order and man uh, th- jorge and cal were putting in orders but to, to give to add some context to this or to add some spice as chris eubank might say uh to this prime beef um jorge lorenzo as you know lost his role as a tester for yamaha earlier in the season it was announced last week that cal crutchlow would replace him with the yamaha uh, testing setup in Europe, um, formerly Jonas Volga's old job as well. Um, Yamaha's riders like Rossi has pushed big to have more of a testing standpoint in Europe as opposed to Japan, I think it's more relevant for them winning championships. So Crutchlow got that role. Jorge Lorenzo was not best-pleased about this, and he took to Twitter, and uh, I believe the quote he used was something along the lines of ''It's like digging for bronze and ignoring coal.'' By yes. talking about hiring Crutchlow over him, yeah,
0: it's like exchanging gold for bronze. So he wasn't he wasn't <laughs> that harsh to Cal Crutchlow to calling him cold. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's, he's like, yeah, so he basically said, I'm basically just way better than him. And, 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 like, this, of course, this was gonna get thrown to Cal in a press conference somewhere, especially when one of the best names in the business from journalism is now Simon Patterson, is a very close friend of Cal's. So, of course, Simon offered up the question, what did you, did he see Lorenzo's comments? And Cal was, by his standards, quite remarkably diplomatic and said, look, I've got no beef with Jorge. Um, all I just think of him is that he's a five-time world champion, but he will tell you a lot that he is a five-time world champion <laughs> in one of the most remarkably subtle disses <laughs> about his ego. I could have I'll possibly have imagined. i have you know,
0: I <laughs> am a five-time motorcycle world champion. You hear that, Scott he- Goodyear? I at won the 1998 Indianapolis 500. But, Dre, it gets better because... Lorenzo return serve.
1: He did return serve <laughs> and I'm, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember exactly oh, what he I've said. Oh, I've got it, it. I've got it. I've got oh, it. God. here. He said
0: God. on social media saying saying that I'm not a good tester saying that the earth is square, which by the way, if you would like to uh, if you would like <laughs> to uh, to email us uh, members of the square earth movement, uh, you can reach us at <laughs> well, I'll have you know. buckley on this- <laughs> you know? On this game right here, on this Sega Genesis
3: game, the Earth is indeed made of pixels. It has edges. When is Kyrie mm. gonna
0: join the Square Earth movement? Flat Earth move instead. Now we're when all he squirt. ends up being
3: the best player on his NBA team, which ain't happening anytime soon. Ooh, Off this tangent, though, sass.
0: if if we talk about numbers, it's a fact that after I left both teams, the number of wins per season decreased. About Cal, he has been one of the riders with less wins and more crashes in the last ten years. I think he'll be a good tester to test how hard is the bike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
3: dead. <laughs>
1: Okay. I
3: The thing is here when Neither of them are exactly Here's the thing, Skip. Neither of them are exactly wrong about each other. No.
1: It's, a, That's it's, the it's best a rem- part. It's a remarkably <laughs> accurate dig because you're absolutely right. Jorge Lorenzo has an enormous ego. Anyone and their mother will tell you. Lorenzo is a bit of a diva, to say the least. He has uh, ego's the size of his testes They're enormous And um, he doesn't mind telling people That he's a five time champion Over and over again He was on Instagram remember, this during is, this weekend Saying
2: uh, Let's
3: remember this is the guy who left Yamaha At the end of 2016 Because they didn't feel his title was Celebrated enough You can read all about that title And Andre Harrison's own The Kick Oh, I didn't
1: even have to plug it. How kind of you, Cam! This isn't that lovely. Uh, um, well, available I at all good Amazon sometimes. retailers. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yes, but, but it's yeah, very true. It, it's a known quantity. Jorge is Lorenzo a quantity has a hell of
3: that... an ego. He yeah, does. And Cal Crutchlow he... crashes
1: a lot. He does. Uh, It's like they both went for the really obvious jugulars. Yes, Lorenzo is an egomaniac. Yes, he's extremely outspoken. Sometimes he's right to be outspoken. Other times he ends up looking stupid like me, only a bit more likeable. Um, he also took to Instagram, he put his all-time likes list up there, that drew some controversy when he put himself at number five. Um, he's probably right to be fair, but still. Um, he also talked about how he doesn't like Jack Miller, but didn't want to get into the reasons why. Um, <laughs> he said, one day you'll know, basically, which is just, what, was he writing a book or something? I don't know. Um, but <laughs> Lorenzo was, a. Uh, Ultra sassy on Twitter. Crutchlow has, um, was, a bit, I think, a bit too focused on his own retirement, um, or pseudo-retirements are really focused on a war of words with Jorge Lorenzo, but uh, let's just say, if you follow him on Twitter or Instagram, you will get a lot of um, interesting chat, to say oh, yeah. the least. Uh, um, but uh, we love a good beef on this show, and that was hilarious. To watch um, over, over the uh, over the last few days and whatnot. we love Digital Fight Club. You yeah, love Digital Fight Club. It's fun because we, we, we're lacking real fights in the midst of COVID. Everyone's keeping their distance, but we can still have
0: beef over a keyboard. And that's yeah, John fun. Jones and Daniel Cormier taught us this a long time ago. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to talk about Suzuki because man, they had a hell of a time to have their worst race in 2020. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's you know, a good that
2: Yo it's a good thing before,
0: wrapped things up when they did. Oh. B- before Joan Mir uh, wrapped up the title, you know, before his bike broke down, and after he broke up the title, before his bike broke down, he was just banging into everybody. everybody. Uh, he had us worried that he was going to be popping Franco Pecco Bagnaia's collarbone, and then Alex Rins just has a clunker of a day. And mm-hmm. out of all this, Ducati, Ducati wins the Constructors' Championship. <laughs> With a bunch of guys that got (laughs) fours and fives from our good friend Simon Patterson's end of season review.
3: Yeah, Ducati did a whole lot of fuck all all year, with the exception of Austria, and comes away with the manufacturer's crown. You can't. Two wins all
1: year. Two wins all year, and they and they won the manufacturer's
3: title. Suzuki (laughs) didn't have much more.
1: Yeah. Suzuki only had what two wins for the year themselves, and uh, yeah, but they it's been, have it's,
2: two bikes. Yeah.
0: They just have two bikes. Ducati has more bikes than any other constructor, if anybody. The suits of Ducati ought to be given like everybody at Pramac like steak dinner, champagne, yeah. back rub. I, 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 yeah, you just got to <laughs> take the for, for next
3: year. They're just going to take the fairings off the factory bikes, put them on the Pramac bikes, and then put the uh, Pecco and Jack's uh, numbers on them.
1: I I wrote a 6,000 plus word season review on the whole, on, on team by team on motorsport101.com if you want to read it. But there was a key part in Dovi section that I mentioned that uh, the factory Ducati was not the top Ducati on the board. Six out of the 14 races this year, three of them were from Jack Miller, one of them from Peko Banyai, and twice from Johan Zarco out on last shit. year's Ducati. Out-
0: out of mm. all of this, out of all of this, it, Pramac didn't win a race. That's stunning. They still have not nine. Won a race nine dudes
1: won a Grand Prix. Nine dudes won a Grand Prix this year, and Pramac was not one of them. And they had four second places, and they still <laughs> won the constructors. <laughs> Their first major title can, since look. Casey Stoner in two thousand seven. <laughs> you can't write this. You can't write this shit. And, and then you look behind them Suzuki, Yamaha and KTM covered by 4 points for second, third and fourth. KTM well, was 4 Yamaha, points away from second. Yamaha
3: wouldn't have been within that 4 points but they decided to cheat. They did, they did. And Honda, and, well, Honda were just happy, happy to be uh here. happy happy to only potentially ruin the career of one rider this
1: year. Indeed, uh, because it's it, it's one of those things that won't get talked about as much. Honda's first winless season since 1981. Jeez.
3: Which was the last year they were trying to get the NR500 working. And the NR500 had oval pistons. Look them up. They're weird. And oh, no, that's... it didn't
1: work. No. Th- th- for full clarification, Ducati ended up winning the Manufacturer's title by 17 points. It wasn't even close! Yeah. 17 points! Yeah. With 221, of Yamaha like the 2-4. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Honda, since their last winless season, switched to two-stroke technology, and then were forced to switch back to four-stroke technology in the early 2000s.
1: Yep. It's been that long. They were... They were 77 points off the top manufacturer, two podium finishes for the whole year, both courtesy of Alex Marquez. Yamaha, who won six Grand Prix's, actually won seven Grand Prix all year, was 17 back because of their 50 point penalty they took for Jaref. Suzuki was third of 202. KTM at around 200. Uh, That's always a nice number. Honda at 144 and a prettier bottom of the pile on 51. So yeah, Ducati is their first major title since Casey Stoner won the Riders Championship in 2007. Remember that year when the (laughs) the Ducati was a blunderbuss and and was like five mile an hour faster than the field? Good times. I missed it. Shout out. I mean, we, we've got to talk a little bit about some of the guys departing as well, because yeah. this this is probably going to be the final Grand Prix for Andrea Divizioso, Um Cal Crutchlow, and most likely Tito Rabat as well. Yeah, um, yeah we're going to miss Rabat, certainly. Um, a yeah. very, very nice guy. A, a talented rider who was often just cursed with not great equipment, and then that horror crash... At Silverstone that effectively ended his his top flight career. He's never been quite the same since then. I hope another series gives him a shot um, at at something there because I, I think he's a bit better than what his GP career made out he was. Let's not forget Had one of the greatest intermediate class seasons ever when he was at Mark VDS to win the Moto2 title. It was a record that only stood for one year because Zarco beat it a year later. But it was a phenomenal season nonetheless. Um, You know, a a world champ in his own right, and a few words from Dovi, guys, because I mean, that one, this one is significant. I mean, we're arguably losing Marquez's strongest rival in what is an incredible field. No, I don't think it is either. Like, Marquez's arguably greatest rival of the last half decade is not going to be on the grid next year, and it's going to be pretty weird not seeing Dovi there for the first time in, God, I want to say 13 years in the top flight. Right. Uh, I think yeah, of, of uh, 06, I want to say. So. Mm. Either 06 or 06. Oh, wait, uh, wait, uh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I mean, um, even with, without a title, one of the defining riders of an era. And uh, it's frustrating to watch because you you think he has unfinished business. But it just looks like he's been dealt the raw deal with how the internal power struggle has gone on at Ducati. Kind of like another Italian team we talk about quite a lot on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do hope that this isn't the end of Davi and MotoGP. I hope so too. Because even in his advanced age... If he finds the right team to come in with
0: somewhere, I'd love to see him back. He went from being and, the wrong Andrea being retained by Ducati to being, three years in a row, the closest competition that Mark Marquez has ever faced consistently since he stepped up to MotoGP.
3: And that's just it. He's been the only person who, can, who could, on any given weekend, give Marquez something to think about.
1: And you can't say that for a lot of this grid. Five and okay. five and two record against Mar Marquez in the last lap dogfights fights in his in his top flight career. He had his number the majority of the time. I think Thailand in twenty eighteen was the only significant time Marquez. Yeah, it, took Marquez it took Marquez
3: it took Marquez years to finally it, it turned it helped turn Marquez into what he is now. It yeah. caused him to steal himself in uh, In in bike to bike combat Mm. And uh I mean he put it pretty well Aprilia did ask And he said I don't need that at this stage Of my career
1: Yeah It it takes a man With a lot of chops but to walk away From a factory Ducati seat And a seat that we know Is good enough to challenge for championships You know According to the sport right now The best bike in the field (laughs) <laughs> you know, I don't you know want about to all that chief. But you know, statistically, you know, points wise, you know, they're the reigning manufacturers champions, and he's walked away from them. <laughs> you know, he he didn't yeah. want to take a pay cut. He he wanted more developmental hands on the bike. Ducati said no. He wanted They'd more heels in. And Dovi was like, "I don't need this," and he walked away. And yeah. that that takes some stones. It takes a pair of steel ones to do that. And as I've as Cam's alluded to the only consistent threat Mark Marquez has had in the top flight over the last half decade. He's a phenomenal rider. You, you would never think that Dovi, half a decade ago, would become the rider that he is today. Well, not only 14, that, 14 was the top flight, but you know, yeah.
3: you know, the last couple of years and, and his form over them. We came into the season after Mark got hurt. Mm -hmm. There was a very good reason why we picked Andrea as a runaway title favorite
0: Yeah and for a while it looked like he was Going to win this title out of spite Out of spite to his soon To be ex-employers And uh,
3: unfortunately With the way the factory duck was this year It just didn't play out that way
0: I will still mm. respect him forever for having unemployed blazing across his butt cheeks on his leathers towards the end of 2020. I wanna, I wanna ask though, just yep. transitioning to Cal, what's his legacy in MotoGP gonna be? Because he has three pretty surprising wins on satellite teams, kind of a spotty record over 10 years, but he's done more than any British rider has in the top flight in quite some time. That's
3: go ahead.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say like he is going he's he's done a he's done a very good job as the UK's ambassador for MotoGP. It doesn't get seen so much to you guys, obviously could be an American But he does a lot of collaborative work with BT Sport. He he gets a lot of their commercial time. He's a big deal back in the UK for bike racing because he's our most established big name and has been for quite a long time. Um, I do worry for this Sports British future after Cal hangs up the gloves because we haven't really got anybody else on that sort of level afterwards. I I mentioned it before, Sam Lowe's is probably not going to come back in the top flight. He's had his time. Bradley Smith is clinging onto a top flight sp- seat for dear life. Jake Dixon, maybe. Um, next year in Moto 2, we'll see how he develops, but we haven't really got anybody else on the ladder significantly high up that might be our flag bearer. And this is a big deal because Dorna likes being multicultural. It wants a significant Brit up there. I mean, they, they got lucky they lucked into Zarco and Quattararo because they were dying for a French audience. And they got they got Quararo and Zarco, and the UKs lack that big next name to come through. And Cal, for me, one of the true gritty. And I know it sounds corny because we always associate Brits with grit and and, and determination. It's a but grit,
0: industrious, is hardworking. Yeah. yeah, that sort
1: of it's
2: thing. Right,
0: and, proper ride in it.
1: And I, and, I, and I don't want to sound so cliche to say that, but that's exactly who Cal is. He's a, he's a grafter. He always has yeah. been. He's, he has had that win it or bid it mentality. And we like that. That resonates with that. We like in this country, we have a saying that, and the saying is God loves a trier. And that's always been Cal Crutchlow. And he was oh, yeah. really, and, and I will say this for, for free. He will probably be the last big example of a World Superbike guy jumping over the ladder and making it work. Um, him and Petricks were the last of their kind, really, in that sense. I don't think that's ever really going to happen again. Yeah. Um, he came over as a super sport champion, you know, walked into a difficult tech-free setup, a difficult situation for Brits in the sport in general because James Tozen had just hung it up. Um, at Age 30 due to the wrist problems he's had, which he still suffers too with this day. Yeah, poor um, one out for know. Ben
0: Spees too. All that potential, yeah. all yeah. those shoulder surgeries.
1: Indeed, um, he, he he was a grafter. He always tried hard. He would always have phenomenal perseverance, incredible pain tolerance. I have to be honest. Didn't I you gotta have-
3: say, Mans Mans had shoulder ligaments going during races this year, and he's still toughing it out.
1: Yeah. I, I still remember in 2013 he broke his ankle in, in qualifying. I had to start from the back at Silverstone and he came oh, up through the field don't, and
3: finished in six. Don't, the man's don't a quality mention rider. Cal's broken ankles because I'm just remembering the fucking the, the, the x-rays now. Yeah. And I, I, I ate 20 minutes ago. No, uh... Yeah, and, uh another thing, as his, well as Cal, I'd say he's also, over the last few years, probably the best satellite rider in the whole field. Yeah, Across the last few of, years. He's one of the only yeah. people who's really made it work consistently up there uh, fighting with Outside the Outside the SRT guys,
0: of course. If we're, if we're throwing well, SRT, out SRT over the last couple SRT of years... SRT
3: is the exception that proves the rule.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even going back
3: and,
1: before that. And there is always an intrinsic value in GP... Um, with independent success, because he's one of the embodiments of the sport's continued development to improve the independent situation in the sport. It's a big part of the reason Cal got those three wins, but it also proved he can run with the very, very best this sport has to offer, Um, and he can win, and he's been one of the guys that's really flourished from the sport being more competitive, and he's also taken a lot of flack for not beating the Honda drum, on a constant basis and trying to develop the bike,
3: even though... I'd argue that he might be the biggest victim of, let's call a spade a spade, HRC getting very lazy with the bike's chassis development, when you have Mm. Marc Marquez to brute force all your problems. But then when you don't
0: have Marc Marquez to brute force your way out of all those problems, well... You stink! (laughs)
3: You fucking stink! And Honda stunk this year, until really the last four or five races of the year. When they were forced mm, mm. to get off their ass
1: and start making the bike better, indeed. And uh, yeah, and not to be too corny, he's a funny motherfucker. He always has been. He's yeah. always he's always good for a quote. He's good for a yeah. soundbite. He he does not mince his words. And in a world where more and more motorsport dudes are becoming PR lap dogs and will just say the company lines, Cal was always willing to give you his time, give you his peace of mind. And uh, I look forward to him being able to spend more time with uh, his partner and and daughter, Willow. Um, And um, that's why he's now going to be a part-time tester. So I wish all three of them the very, very best. They're three good dudes in their own right. And um, I hope whatever comes next for them, they they take with the typical aplomb they have in their careers to date as well. They've been great assets to the sport. And, uh, you know, we'll see how they go. Uh, in the near future Couple of loose ends to tie up in the top flight And some other news real quick uh, Aprilia did confirm Their last seat in the end it We was need
3: to talk be- about Aprilia for yeah, I mean, like, Nobody they getting, wants this ride They were getting yeah. Roasted by people You hadn't even heard of Hey uh, I've heard of Joe Roberts
0: <laughs> Joe
3: Roberts I, I love What he said Oh uh, I want to win, and I think my best chance is in Moto 2 with my team.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Joe
1: Robertson, who has not won a top flight Moto so He's not won a Moto 2. Not even looked race like by it. Away. No, uh, since
3: not- the first round of the season, hasn't even looked like winning one.
1: Nope, and yet he turned around and said, I want to win, and my best chance of doing so is staying in Moto2 rather than joining a pretty. So that deal that was going to be announced as Joe Roberts, (laughs) Roberts turned them down, and the deal fell through. Can you realize, Um, we Americans
3: have been (coughs) starving for top flight Grand Prix representation. Oh, yeah. And I am happy that he turned them down. Yeah,
0: (laughs) didn't didn't, uh, Chaz Davies turn them down too? There were rumors about Chaz.
1: Um, there was rumors that Dorna was pushing hard because, again, they want a Brit in the top flight. There's no guarantee there'll be one next year. Um, I'll get to why in a minute. But uh, there was rumors about Chaz um, because he was still a free agent until a couple of days ago. Um, yeah. We'll talk about his future um, very quickly in a second. <coughs> Davi, but, uh, we
3: mentioned, basically said, I don't need that at that that uh, this stage of my career. Nope. He doesn't. Uh, nobody about- wants... Nobody wants that Poison Chalice
1: Yes um, So it turns out Apretti is like well we've got no one else left Um, Boys have at it So they've announced that uh, Lorenzo Savadori and Bradley Smith Will be in a series of winter Testing duels And whoever does the best over winter testing Will get the Apridia seat for next year The loser stays on as a test rider It's a reality TV contest Yeah holy shit it's the (laughs)
0: Roush Racing Gong show all over again Two Aprilia <laughs>
3: enter. One Aprilia leave.
0: That is F1 <laughs> Esports legend Lorenzo <laughs> you're talking about.
1: <laughs> ah, this year's Italian Superbike winner. Um, so, uh, the, 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 As soon as I announced that, the look on King's face just said it all. It was just like, what are they doing? Like, it just, oh, boy, this is uh, a oh. mess. <laughs> Yeah, Lorenzo Savadori and Brandon Smith will literally be going head-to-head for the last seat in GP in 2021, so obviously we probably won't find out who gets that seat till maybe February next year when we get to the Sepang test. Good luck figuring that one out. Um, so yeah, Lorenzo Savadori and Brett Swift coming into head. A couple of bits of Walther bite needs to wrap up as well. Chaz Davis was rumored for that a prettier seat. He's not coming back to the Termoto GP ladder. He's going to the Go Eleven Chacany team for next year. Great hire for the Go Eleven team, as far as I'm concerned. That's about as good a rider as you can get on a Panagade. Um Very very nice work Big for agree. them. Um, Chaz will be a, a contender on that bike, no doubt in my mind whatsoever. We're getting two satellite BMWs in the field next year on independent running. One for the returning Eugene Laverty, and the other one for Jonas Volga, who's back full time next year.
0: Great, great stuff. Uh,
1: delighted for Jonas to be back in the back in the paddock full time. He was he was in Moto GP, had a very solid rookie season uh, three years ago, but. He had a very mysterious illness that um, put him out of racing for a good year and a half. Um, He was a tester for the Yamaha factory team at one point, but uh, he made a wildcard appearance at uh, at Canada earlier this year in multiple bikes, and he'll be racing full-time under the BMW satellite team, which is great news, so delighted uh, for Jonas, and great to see him back full-time as well. So, further, should we wrap up these other two championships? Yes, because
0: MotoGP was decided, but there were still two more titles on the line. The Intercontinental MotoGP Championship, the Moto2 <laughs> Championship, and the the European Moto3 title. Or, or is it the 24-7 Championship? Or is that MotoE? I don't know. Somebody he brought was- out an ice cream stand for one of these, and that's great. D- Divas title, butterfly belt. Um, <laughs> but
1: uh, Let's get into Moto Two, and uh, we, I, I, If anyone knows their basketball around here, I will call this the Austin Rivers race. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if anyone knows what, why, <laughs> it, 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 it pertains to one Sam Lowes. And I get into this. What I said here is that Remy Garner took pole position in Moto Two. He was in a one-on-one fight with Luca Marini for the win. All the way through. Enea Bastianini, who was leading the championship, was a little bit further back in the second group, fighting Marco Bezecchi, Augusto Fernandez, um, Jorge Martin, and Joe Roberts, fighting for the last spot on the podium. Um, now, as a result of that, um, Gardner Marini took off. Lowe's was desperate to stay with the lead in two, and he rode his heart out. I mean, His wrist, like it turns out, he had actually broken two bones in his wrist when he had that nasty Valencia free practice crash the week prior when the bike landed on his arm. Um, it, It broke two bones in his wrist and he was in basically an immense amount of pain the entire weekend. He didn't run in warm-up practice because he was like, I've got to save my wrist for the race, is what he basically had to say. Because any excuse he had not to run, he didn't run because he was trying to protect that wrist. He rode his heart out. He was in visible pain when he got off the bike at the end of the race. But it was a superhuman ride for him to come in first. I'll happily say it, I've been watching Sam for a long time. That's the best I've ever seen Sam Lowe's ride a motorcycle. That was that was the ride of a champion, indeed. But, you he, know, he—it's it's a shame it didn't turn out for him in the end. I mean, it's a good friend of mine, Kevin, on Twitter just said, "That's it. We can never slander Sam Lowes ever again." It's like Austin Rivers when he played with, with that broken nose and his blood all over his jersey, but he kept fighting and you know people respected that it's, it's it's the it's the sam lowes moment now for him where it's like i can't slander this man ever again he he, he earned a lot of people's respect it's the jorge lorenzo the...
0: broken collarbone ride at Assen. yeah this race it's was that... wild i caught up on some of the highlights again mm. Like, mm. fabio dg antonio is a very lucky man
1: he was indeed. He had a nasty incident there as well, and uh, Gardner and, and Marini got into a great fight. Gardner hit him, hit, hit Marini with about three laps to go. Took the front and then didn't look back. Basically, um, he got his first ever uh, Grand Prix victory. His first win in Moto Two. Dad Wayne delighted on Twitter, and also another little bit of minor history in the sense of. Gardner was the 26th different winner across all three classes this year, a all time MotoGP record across the three major classes. You gotta love 26, 26 different winners we had across the classes this year. Gardner was number 26. Um, so, uh, an unbelievably unpredictable season across the board, you could certainly say. He beat Mourinho over the line, and it was Sam Lowe's in third. Bastianini followed Bez home in fifth to become the Moto2 world champion by nine points. Shout out to his helmet designers. Normally, these things are all gold. They break out the gold for a, a world champion. Not an air. No, no. He went beast mode and got the green out. Lots of fluorescent green. including the number a one ju- final across his
0: <laughs> visor. <laughs>
1: Whose idea was that? <laughs> Who thought that was a bright idea? Um, a, it was literally a giant one embossed over the front, including the visor.
0: And I'm like, you can't see. <laughs> like, it was just,
1: oh, it was it was hilarious. But, this uh, vinyl well,
0: is dangerous and inconvenient, but I am the Moto Two World Champion. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Cam would love that. (laughs) We're going to watch that at some point. We're going to watch
3: Talladega Nights one day, we
0: promise you. That wasn't even the wildest celebration prop of all time. (sighs) Once we get to Moto3, I still can't get over it.
1: Uh, we'll, we'll get to that very, very shortly. But uh, yeah, Spastini ends up winning the world championship. Um, before he comes up, let's, let's not forget he'll be riding for the Avintia team in Moto in the uh, MotoGP next season as Moto2 champion with 205 points. Luca Marini uh, beat Sam Lowes on countback. Lowes didn't even get the runner-up spot. He lost on countback to Marini. That's just brutal. Uh, that's just a sucker punch
0: And nobody um, even knows that Luca Marini Is Valentino Rossi's half brother How do they ever Know it's I didn't even half- know
1: I just found out
0: they never tell us this
1: <laughs> Never never Marini on 196 Lowe's on 196 Marco Bozeki he'll be probably the favourite for next season On 184 points In fourth Jorge Martín on 160 Don't forget he's moving up as well with Pramac and Remy Gardner jumped all the way up to sixth on that final round with 135 points to his name, his best season in Modo 2. And he'll be joining KTM next year, certainly one to watch for 2021, I would say. Um, so congrats to Bastianini, and congrats as well to one Albert Arenas, who uh, made a bit of a Horlix of this. Um, <laughs> it was a... It was a nail biter of a Moto Free race. Um, yeah. One of the best races of the season. Um, I'm glad it,
0: I woke up too early to watch this one. It, it, it
1: was well worth it. Forget the winner. Raul Fernandez won by about six seconds. He completely took off. I'm sitting here now thinking, did Fernandez do the right thing to move up now? Because. If with his sort of pace, he might just completely curb stomp everybody in moto 3 next year. But nope, he's moving up to uh, the Red Bull KTM team in moto 2. That was announced over the course of the weekend. So he's moving up to be the other Red Bull KTM alongside Remy Gardner. So uh, big move for Raul Fernandez um, on that right. one. But he won by about six seconds. Dennis Foggia was second, despite irresponsible riding. And picking up two long lap penalties, he still finished in second. <laughs> like, that's how much pace the Leopards were carrying over the course of this race. It was ridiculous. Um, Jeremy Alcoba was third. The main title fight was up the front. Arbelino was in the second group, um, trying to hang on. He went from 28th to 5th, Arbelino, wow. over the course of the race. He gave it everything to rock. try and and steal the title. Couldn't quite do it. Um Agoura was eighth in no man's land. And Arena's ran out of tires at the end of the race. He slipped all the way down. He got punched up a little bit by Namoto Freefield. Yep, dropped all the way to twelfth but just limped over the line to win the Moto3 World title by four points uh, in the end, over Agura second on 170, and Arbolino, who again rode like an absolute madman and picks up the bronze
0: medal for his trouble. Um, Tony Arbolino could have won this if not for a COVID case that he didn't even have.
1: Yeah. If you, remember, if you remember the first Aragon round, he had to self isolate because someone on his flight from Paris tested positive for COVID 19 and he was a victim of close contact. Um, he did, he tested negative, but he had to self isolate anyway because that was Spain's rules. So, unfortunately, Arbolino missed the round. He missed the championship by four points. Kind of says it all, really. Um, yeah. But, but, uh,. He'll, he'll be ruining that not for too long though because he'll be in Modo 2 next year with the dynavolt team so keep an eye on, oh, on right. that one he's re- he's replacing Thomas Luti Luti's leaving them to go to saG um it's all a little bit of a reshuffle because he's replacing Garner who's going to KTM etc etc because Martins that that's how the uh, little chain of events uh, rolls back with each other so yeah first second and first, second third and fourth in the championship are all moving? I think actually the top five are because I think the Yeti's moving up to be um, Bez's teammate at uh, Sky at Sky next year. Is also the top five are all moving up in Modo Three next year. John McPhee, it's... if you don't win this title next year, I swear to God, like never will, he never will.
0: Like... He never will. <laughs> We're giving you to Gibraltar, John McPhee. If you don't win this title, I didn't want to start <laughs> this a segment without talking about the fact that Albert Reis's team had an actual goddamn ice cream stand. Yes, the Albuquerque. Right. Apparently
1: his nickname is the Ice Cream Man. I do not know. How, I have to ask Lewis about how this came about because I honestly, I've never heard of this one before. But when they pulled into the paddock at the end of the race, there was an ice cream truck waiting for him, um, which is just beautiful. Um, very incredibly creative celebration. And this had what? real ice cream in it. Yes, gelato for everybody! (laughs)
0: Um... (laughs) Oh, that was my favorite thing. Like, I've seen, like, over-the-top celebration props before. But this takes the... Well, it doesn't take the cake. It takes the whole double scoop. (laughs) It
1: it doesn't... It does indeed. This joke is Uh, going
3: too far. Please, God, end the show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, this this is going to be our final MotoGP show of 2020. Apart from maybe a little, obviously talk at the award show we will do at Christmas, but um, this is it. This is the end of 2020, and gentlemen, I'm gonna go around. I'm gonna go around the horn here for a minute and uh, just what you, some final thoughts on the year we've just had um, and what a phenomenal year it was. <sighs> I,
3: I everything we've everything I have to say has already been said there's no
2: superlatives left yeah I'm 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 glad KTM has finally got so we, we didn't
3: really make a big
2: deal of it King another KTMw yeah yeah uh it, it not I was surprised KTM not got one win this year not got multiple wins across three. <laughs> Both teams, uh, the the end of the season, honestly, really exhausting. I'm I'm pretty sure I I'm I'm not the only one who's glad that 2020 is over. Uh, and I'm excited for 2021. I'm sure Mark Marquez is glad for 2021. Uh, <laughs> no kidding. We didn't we that didn't was... actually mention
3: that. Uh, that that's kind of a big thing that came out in the last couple of weeks. Of yeah, Mark might need a, a third surgery on that arm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm starting to worry a
0: little. But uh, I, I, I
3: the problem is, is that if he has that third surgery, rumored downtime is half a year. He would miss the start of next season as well. Mm. I just want to get so, back uh, to 2020
0: for a bit. I think, it was, I think yeah. it was really eye-opening to see just how much Honda was relying on Mark Marquez's sheer talent to power them through yeah. these difficult times. It was astonishing to see... How Yamaha were so up and down and inconsistent, and all those down periods are just... They just came at the worst possible times to where they actually lost their damn sponsor. It was amazing to see Johan Mir transform into this marvel of consistency it was awesome to see all these great breakout performances from Mir and from Franco Morbidelli, and from Miguel Oliveira and Brad Bender, but Brad Ritter was on it. Oh, goodness, at Bernoulli, he was absolutely on it. We saw a legitimate all-timer Syria just for that finish alone. Oh, I mean,
2: mm-hmm.
1: what the greatest finish yeah. in the sports history, in my opinion.
0: One, right. one of, easily.
1: Yeah, let's say. Rossi Lorenzo at Catalunya 09 is the only thing that that can top that for a finale. That was one of the best races you will ever see. Um, And yeah, to follow on from what RJ had to say, like, what a. Like, it's all. Like, to fit the theme of COVID 19, it's almost like this season will almost live in a bubble in the unique circumstances of our time in sport. And you look at all the recent MotoGP seasons we've had before it, and. This is such an outlier. It's fascinating to break down and so look every, at.
3: Every narrative that was written before the season started, not only did they get burned up, you know, the day that Mark Marquez's arm got broken, they, they continued to be shoveled into the fire every single race.
1: Yeah, and we, we, we went into this season for the first time genuinely not knowing what was going to happen week on week. Even the double headers. The second yep. doubleheader tended to be a lot more different from the first one. Everything changed. We went, we went like, like for example, we look at Aragon. It was Rins versus Marquez, but not the Marquez you were thinking of in the first time around, And the second one, more, but he dominates and wins by a mile. It was, it was, it was a fascinating season. And, and every again, every
0: single weekend, we think hmm. we know who the new title favorite is going to be until we don't. The script we just did, flips,
3: and we didn't until really. Three or four races to the
1: end of the season. It, it it was that first race at Valencia. Mir winning at Valencia was the ultimate title stealing sucker punch on the field because everybody else struggled and Mir finally cracked the glass ceiling and won the race he should have won in Styria earlier in the year. It was yeah. an, 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 you, you you there's stories up and down the field from from. You know Yamaha and st- winning half the races on the calendar, but having nothing to show for it. The cheating scandal in their camp. Maverick Vinales' season falling apart. Quartararo' season's falling apart. Valentino Rossi going almost two months before finishing a Grand Prix and saying goodbye to the factory team after 15 years of service
3: yeah. with them. And and, then, and, 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 and and Franco Morbidelli flipping every expectation on its head.
1: On last year's Yamaha, winning the like winning the championship runner-up spot and nearly stealing it, um, you know, yep. a, 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 no one in their right mind would have thought Frankie Morbidelli would take such a massive leap. Forward I say, let's this list year. off our top five in the championship: me Morbidelli, Rins, and then what? It was Paula Spagaro and Andrea De Vizioso, fourth and fifth. Exactly
3: yeah. as predicted.
1: Oh. <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> You run it down Ugh. the field. Suzuki, the team that came back only six years ago in that random wild card appearance. Ran they the were, pinion they at them
3: two years ago.
1: They reeked. even Even two years ago, they still had fundamental problems. Double champions this year. Riders champion, team champion, and they've now put together the gold standard of teams in this sport. Ducati, somehow winning the Manufacturers Championship. I said on my season review, Jack Miller will be getting a lot of biscotti for Christmas. So I guarantee you that. Ducati's yeah.
3: worst year in the top flight since 2015.
1: But yet also their best year in, in years. It doesn't because they make won sense. You see what I'm saying? It makes you know, no sense.
3: KTM
1: were... winning three races this year. They're both Th- different this teams. season...
3: This 2020 MotoGP season made no goddamn sense. You're it was right. wonderful. I'm... It made me feel every kind of emotion I could as a
0: racing fan. <laughs> and so- we didn't even like like get to thing. like the resurgence of Johan Zarco, Ducati betting against Andrea Dovizioso, and he almost <laughs> turned it back up at them. Danilo Petrucci in a dead in a lame duck year having a masterclass at Le Mans. We didn't even get to like Takaki Nakagami becoming a marvel of consistency coming off a shoulder surgery. We you know, just so much happened.
3: Story after everywhere you look, there's some kind of story. And surely,
0: with all of this chaos, surely Aprilia. Well, Aprilia is still Aprilia. Well,
1: Aprilia start. was the one constant, constantly <laughs> bad. The more things change, the more they stay the same. And I'm looking forward to 2021 for a minute. It is at, like this was this year was such an outlier. Goodness only knows what's going to happen because the last time we saw Mark Marquez, he completely curb stomped this exact same field a year. Yeah, and he had a half literally ago. the greatest
3: season in the history of Grand Prix motorcycle racing,
1: oh, and I, then
3: uh, um, was not classified the next year on a DNF.
1: Yeah, and. That's how gonna quickly be the most these fascin- things change, and that's how fascinating it's going to be next year. Where is a rejuvenated Marquez if he's fully fit in 2021? Where is he going to fit into this incredible outlier of a season? Where we're gonna we're gonna have no idea on where the field is when we get to Qatar next March, and it's going to be absolutely fascinating to find out what happens. And um, yeah, just before we well, go, I want to say a massive thank you. To everyone that's listened to our MotoGP coverage all through 2020, I'm glad. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, I hope um, we were able to do it some justice. I know some of the bike life fans came over. Lewis, I hope I did it justice for you, my friend, leading the way. Um, it's still not quite the same without you, but uh, it's it's still a, a, a pleasure to captain this ship um, and carry the name. And uh, I'll say it was uh, a whole
3: lot of fun to cover this year.
1: Oh God, you, 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 I, I, I will be hard pushed to ever have one. For me, I've been, I've been doing this show six years now. This was the most fun season I've ever covered as a motorsport journalist, ever. In Formula One, IndyCar, yep. MotoGP, anything else has been that's, on the show, this is number one as far as I'm concerned. It it's been the greatest MotoGP season you could have ever I, imagined. I'd go one further. Mm. I would say this might
3: be the most fun season I've ever seen as a motorsport fan Wow It's in
1: the conversation
3: It's a hard hard fight between this Obviously Formula 1 in 2012 Yeah uh, The golden years of the WEC It was Mm. just incredible
1: Yeah What, What an incredible season we had And I hope you enjoyed it just as much as we did But uh yeah, that'll just about do it for episode 281 of Motorsport 101. Um, you know what? This is actually such a creative and such a nice place. They're not even going to bother with the social media. You know where to find us. I've been Dre Harrison. They've been RJ O'Connell, Ryan Eric King, and Cam Buckley. Until next time, sayonara.
0: Let battle conclude, y'all. Bye! Hashtag Redemption Tour now. Honda Redemption
3: Tour 2021, baby! (laughs) Someone get Cam off the narcotics.